Today we have Lee Carriher on the podcast. She's founder of Double Forte, Double Forte, a U.S. national independent public relations agency. Hi. Hi, Chetan. How are you? Thank you for having Hi. me. No, no, pleasure's all mine. Um, I'm looking forward to today's conversation, which will be about, you know, a a ghosting with agencies. So the idea that companies reach out and then you go through a whole process and then there's something there and it costs you time and resources and then they just disappear. And mm -hmm. what do we do about that? But before we get to that, I wanted you to um, introduce yourself and, you know, just tell, tell us a little bit of your story sure. and background. So, um, as you said, I'm Lee Carragher. I'm the president and founder of Double Forte, which is a national U.S. PR and strategic communications firm. We're 21 years old this year, which sort of blows my mind. Wow. Um, I started the firm in 2002, so two or three downturns ago. I don't even know. I can't even count that high anymore. Um, <laughs> after being at um, some interpublic companies for several, several years, and before that I was at internal at Sega of America with the video game company. And when I started my company, I started really for a personal need. I'm not thinking my mother was sick and I had to be able to be with my mother and she was 2000 miles away. And at that time you couldn't work remotely in this job today. You probably could. And I was like, well, I better just start my own company because I know how to do that. Cause I'd started two companies for Interpublic and um, just so I could be with her. Um, when she was on her decline, it was supposed to be four months. It ended up being four years. And now 21 years later, we still have this company because basically in Chicago, I am not, I am unemployable. No, I'm gonna hurt <laughs> I've been the boss too long. I've said no too many times, you know? So, um, and what we do at Double Forte, we work with pretty wide range for our size. We're small, you know, we're 20 something people, 23, 24 people. But we work with uh, companies who are relatively much larger in scale, just because of our background is very large company background. Um, and we work with companies who are doing good things in the world. So we say no to jerks. Mm -hmm. That limits our dollars and expands our life. So okay. in a nutshell. <laughs> I like it. I love the, I, I love the philosophy. So um I think we're going to see that philosophy transfer into the next section too. Uh, <laughs> it's just nice. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is going to be all about so agencies ghosting. So I listened to one of your podcasts and 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 was I furious on that podcast? I might have been furious. Yeah, about the disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> so disrespect ghosting in general. So disrespectful. Oh. Yeah, and I mean, I'm 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 not the owner of an agency, but I've definitely been I've been one of the people who have received a, a yeah. request, and then got the agency to start moving on that request. So you know that might in and out case in mobilizing an SEO insights report, which requires a technical SEO time for three hours. That's a few hundred dollars, and 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 various other things. Even the CEO gets involved on some levels, and then suddenly these guys will take it all, and disappear um as you said in that said before um they won't tell you if they've got another agency they won't tell you if their budget got constrained or something else or something else it just they just disappear and and i completely resonate with that disrespect and i just wondered if we could take the conversation from there really like what's your experience with it what do you guys do about it yeah i mean i think it's always happened I and mean, i've been in the agency business for a long long time um, and traditionally, you know, in advertising agencies, 
they have the advantage of having the um, the practice of being paid for their remits, right? They won't even start until they get a check. Right. And other agencies, most other kinds of agencies, PR, digital, SEO, if there's no creative involved, we just have to do the time ourselves. And that's just standard practice in the United States. So, um, mm. but it has definitely increased. I mean, it is markedly, I was on the board of the Public Relations Council, which is the, our United States National Association for Public Relations Firms. I was officer for three years. And all of the agencies saw this increase dramatically since probably mm. 20. And um, first, I mean, so what do you do about it? Well, one, the first thing is to try to vet the source before you start working, right? What is, do they have a brief? What is the need? Why are they looking for an agency? Uh, what is their timeline? Blah, blah, blah. So if you can get the details of that, you know, then your answers yeah. can be, oh, we're not going to participate. Oh, I'm looking at 10 farms. Nope, we don't participate. And if there's more than five farms, we're not in. Because you've just lowered our chances by from one in five, 20% to one in 10, 10%. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of good agencies. We're not the only good agency, right? <laughs> so that's the first. who else is competing or how many other firms? Why are you looking for a firm? So we have this need. We have, uh, we've, you know, and that could be many things. Never had a firm before, don't like our current firm, have a big launch coming up, need a crisis, whatever it is. And then depending on, then you answer that. Um, and then that question will lead you to an answer. So the whole thing about answering, asking questions in the beginning is to vet as many things out as possible. I, I think, so I think some agencies, they might be worried. So how, how would you vet this? Would it be on the website as they apply? Or would it be afterwards in an email after they sign up? Because or give you the email and then you ask them this question. Because I think a lot of agencies are in a, in, a, in, in a kind of like a mindset where they want to say yes to everything and don't want to put any barriers in the way of... Biggest mistake you can make as an agency is to be available to everybody. If you're available to everybody, you're good for almost nobody, right? If you're, mm. you have to know who, who you're going to respond with. Like, do I have the right people? Like, so double four time, we have four rules. Yeah. Uh, somebody other than myself has to be interested. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in everything, shit down. I'm like, I don't look. <laughs> I'm interested. We have to be a good fit. So are we the right yeah. expertise? Do we have the right experience to different things? Are we the right size? Can we actually do the job that they have on the plane? And then do we have the, and, and those three are really important. And then probably equally important to those three is, are, do we have good chemistry? Because you can be a great agency and a great client and suck together, right? Three, you have to pay us. And four, no jerks. And if I knew you better, I would say a different word. So those four rules help you, help us, right? Filter, filter, filter. So the first thing is we... We we have conversations. I don't want to do this on email in general. They might they oh usually come to me on email, but then I would set up a time like let's have a conversation and then I ask those questions. What are you looking for? What's success to you? Why are you looking? What's your budget? Always ask the budget in the first question, first set of questions, and then you have these all filters, right? And then if everyone gets through the filter, then we say, Oh, we're a good match. We have 
you may you pay people. We can figure that out, right? It's not that hard to figure out if you pay people or not. And um, and I pretty I've been along around long enough. I can find out if you're a jerk or not pretty quickly. So, um, the fit thing we don't know. That's the thing we don't know the most, right? Okay. Then, um, so we probably we probably turn down more than half of the inquiries that come into Double Four J. And at the beginning of the company, I said yes to everybody. I was like, so I was like, oh my god, we have to get off the ground. We need to get. You know, we had a dollar. You know, we had nothing. So um, I learned relatively quickly not to do that because just waste resources. You know, if you're not a good fit, stay away. If you don't do what they ask, go away. You know, don't. don't <laughs> and if it's the coolest company in the world, don't say yes to a, 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 a solution that you don't offer. Right. Then, um, but then the ghost, you know, the last thing is if someone says, well, my, I have a new boss and she or he wants to see what's going on out there, never participate in that. Mm. Paying, you know, you're asking other people to do your job of vetting the world. And so in those, what I do, I say, well, we will, um, here's our, you know, if that's the situation, we charge, and I figure out how much I need to charge, uh, we charge an amount that we know that they won't say. <laughs> We charge $25,000 for those because, you know, this which wow. it takes or whatever. We charge $15,000 for that, whatever it is. No one's ever said yes to that. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> you have a way to any time, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's goes. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I have, I actually wrote, um, I have a little card deck on etiquette in the workplace. Yeah. It's over there. Sorry. Uh, because I was trying to teach my, when, when I grew up, I took like how to cut butter lessons, you know, because that's how old I am. And I went to etiquette class and cotillion in this country where you learn how to dance with the other guy and like blah, 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 and how to dress and how to eat and like which fork to use. And these were things that were really important in my part of the world, but in other parts of the country. So I used to, I used to hire people based on their manners. Well, that was dumb because wherever you are in the world, or the country, our country, if you're from the Northeast or from the Southwest or from, the, you can have totally different norms of what's, what's nice. Right. Anyway, the one thing, um, in being, uh, etiquette is respect. That's the number one rule. Like getting through life is, um, forget work. Getting through life is if you can treat people with respect in general, they will bring it back to you and you just have a better, easier time in life. Yep. That's always been the number one thing. If our clients don't respect us, we're out. Which is why we take that jerk thing. Like if the jerk, <laughs> in general, jerks are assholes. They <laughs> they don't respect us. They call us Friday at five for something up. They knew about a week ago. I'm like, my your emergency is not my problem. You have to pay for that. And I learned that the hard way. But then the respect piece, what we see is um, the first piece on respect is if you call me and I respond, you call me back. That's mm -hmm. it. So I get cool. lots of emails that I do not respond to. Lee, we think it'd be a great solution for you. Lee, I called back three times. I'm like, I don't care. I have never responded to you. This is a cold sales call. You don't deserve that. I haven't acknowledged you yet. But if I have acknowledged you and I don't come back to you, oh my God, the biggest disrespect. So for ghosting, the first piece is try to vet it out. And then maybe 50% I'm right. <laughs> we are actually right now in this process right now. We, we, it was a big competitive search 
we're down to two firms. It's one, us, and another firm. And this, we, oh my God, we killed it. In fact, the CEO called us and told us we killed it. Nice. After hearing from them in over a month. I am like, okay. And there's no advantage for me to like call them on it. Because when they need somebody, if they call us, I'm just going to double our prices. Okay. If this is a crisis situation, they, they, it's a crisis remit. So, all right, well, I'll just say this is how much it costs. Because I know they're going to be a pain in the ass to work. I know, and I'm going to tell them the reason, I'm going to tell them. There's no reason for me to call them now and say, we're out because you're so disrespectful. But yeah. when someone goes to us and then respond, and that number one, it lowers our, our, uh, our desire to work with them. Particularly if I've, and then it's like, how, who do I need to call? I need, I make a phone call. I do a text. I do an email. And if those three things don't work, I'm out. Right. But I've done it, you know, cause I understand that people need multiple modes of communication to remind. And I know I used to be internal. I had huge, but at Sega, I had $11 million budget. I was like, who are those agencies? So I get how busy you can be internally, but mm -hmm. if you have started a process and, um, you don't come back, you ghost. And you just don't have, frankly, the balls to say, we've decided something else, or we, I made a mistake, we're not going to do something, or we lost the money. Mm -hmm. Particularly in San Francisco, we have a lot of startups. You know, we're not getting the funding we thought we were going to get. Just tell us. Yeah. Or you're it's... too expensive. You know, the best thing you can do is tell us we're too expensive or that we're not a good fit. That's mm. great. Can we help you find someone who is? Because if in the service business, we want to be of service, of help all the time. Mm -hmm. So I don't care what I always want to know. I was the last one to try. No one can ever say that double forte didn't try to get hold of them. Right. No one can ever say that. Um, sometimes you need the oxygen tank to get on that high road there. <laughs> uh, would you say that in order to, you know, if somebody goes and they come back to you, you know, I think a lot of people will, 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 will respond to that as like, a, oh, great, they've come back to us. Like, I'm going to ignore the ghosting because at least now we can maybe get their business. Um, would you say in order to double the prices and, you know, kind of make that confident move, you already need to, is, is this a move or is this advice for agencies that are already established, basically? And, and uh... I think it's a, a, advice for anybody, because if you let someone trample all over you, they will, how they treat you at the front, think about it this way. So I told yeah. you about um, the chemistry was so important. Yeah. So at the beginning of a relationship, we all love each other. It's awesome. <laughs> You're awesome. I'm awesome. We're awesome together. But the shit yeah. hasn't hit the fan yet. Right? <laughs> how people treat you when there are no stakes. Yeah is the best they're going to treat you right right so if they show you that they're going to be disrespectful right you are signing up for this right so if a you can double you know double triple whatever you want to do with your pricing and if they don't want to mm. say yes they, thank you can we help you find someone who'd be cheaper right confidence in that i mean half the time when i say that like wait wait what wait you're gonna say no to us i'm like yeah you didn't call us back for a month this is how much it costs. You clearly don't value it. So why are we going to succeed together? We're not. But Lee, but Lee, we want double forte. Well, you can't have them unless you have these. A, you got to, you know, and I put it all in the contract then, right? We don't start work before they give us money. 
we, you know, we put it in the contract for, you know, you have to, you know, a reasonable, what is a reasonable amount of time for a response? We put it into the contract because, and they have to sign it. If they don't sign it, we don't work. So mm-hmm. when you, even when you're starting out, you need to focus your time. You only have this much time. There's a lot of opportunity and you got to find what, you know, find your niche and do all that marketing. But if you take a client on who disrespects you from the beginning, you are wasting money. You are, because mm-hmm. that client's going to, you're going to over-service that client to get a subpar result by definition if they disrespect you. And mm-hmm. then you can't really build the business you want. It is a really hard nut to chew. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, 21 years, man. I've seen, you know, we've made mistakes on that. And then um, I try to do my best to learn from my mistakes. So some people are like, Lee, you can't charge Jebo. I'm like, I can because I haven't signed the contract yet. If they want to pay it, great. If they don't want to pay it, okay. If they want to negotiate, it's still not going to be our base level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a longer contract. Maybe it's a bigger upfront. You know, there's lots of things you can pull, levers you can pull to make Mm -hmm. sure that the relationship is set up for respect from the beginning, mm-hmm. even if they go you. And you got to tell them. You have to tell them. You don't have to tell them you're raising your prices for that. There's no reason to tell them you're raising your prices. <laughs> <laughs> you just and here's the price, right? You can say, you know, you, you know, I find it very. Dis- is this indicative of how you treat your um, your um, agencies? Mm-hmm. Is this behavior normal for you? Yeah. Like, how do you get any work done? How do you get anything better in the world? But is this behavior normal or are we just a vendor? Yeah. I'm not interested in vendor relationships. Even for the people I hire outside of my, I mean, I'm not interested in vendor because it just says they're, you're disposable and you're looking for the cheapest price. And we're not. We have, you know, 21 years in business, huge company experience. All my senior people have been in-house. We have the, one of the lowest turnovers in the country for people mm-hmm. and for clients. You have, you know, we've earned the right to say no to people. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That, I mean, this is so to kind of summarize that, that, that everything that you've been kind of sharing with us, it would be that, you know, you need to set up your relationship for respect from the beginning. And you can you, that that begins with vetting, but even after that point, if they ghost you, then you know there, there's a just see what you can leverage. It, it could be contract length, it could be uh, contract price. Um, uh, see, see what you can leverage in order to get that message across, and also to make sure you're kind of mitigating the 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 the, the, the risk there of them being a very hard client and you're making it worth it for yourself basically because if they do sign up then you've got double the cost and it's like okay fine this is this is worth it because you know right again they're going to treat you the best when there's no stakes (laughs) i I think you know in this process um yeah i wanted to touch on this is like tangent but i think it's worth it this idea of a vendor relationship right and Mm -hmm. the fact that you, you don't want one what are the things that agencies can do to show people that they are not worth the vendor? Like, like, like there's something about my agency that um, will be more than a vendor relationship for you and that's worth it for you. What, what can mm-hmm. agencies yeah, pull on for that? I think what, the first thing is the contract. You want to put, it, put the terms in the contract that 
that matter to you to demonstrate respect, right? Okay. And respect is the first piece of not being a vendor, frankly. Okay. Vendors are replaceable. It's like I could buy a, I could go to Amazon to buy this, or I could go to Target, or I don't care. I'm going to Office Depot, wherever I am, I'm just going to go get a five dollar Texas Instrument, you know, calculator. The, uh, the really what we do for a living is to bring all our knowledge of working across different clients to bear for a client and they get the benefit of our experience and our breadth and all this kind of stuff. So you can't, it's hard to quantify, right? So in our contracts, for instance, we put in a few things. One, you have to pay us, a, you know, there has to be a security clause. Two, there's, it's a 60 day out. We start with 90 days, but we'll go to 60 days, you know, and then if people want to get to 30 days and they have to pay more up front, you know, all those kinds of things. And the biggest, one of the biggest sticklers is if you poach our people, yeah. or if I poach your people, it's two and a half times income, two and a half times their um, compensation. Oh. And that often, not often, I mean, when once we get to contract, that has only in 21 years canceled two contracts. But I know if they won't sign it, if they won't sign it, and I, I promise not to take their people to, of course, we're small, but I promise not to take their people. They have to promise not to come to get our people or there's a, you know, there's a consequence. If they don't sign it, I don't want to work with them because they are telling you. Yeah. They are telling you. It's like, if we like those people, we're going to take them out. Yeah. And I think in 21 years of this company, we have paid, we've been paid three times for that twice because they came to us and said you know Lee, we, this person she we think that person will be really great in-house um we know we will sign another contract with you extend the contract and here well we know we have to pay two and a half times uh her compensation wow. twice the other time the fr they forgot and i didn't mm -hmm. ill i'm like here you go <laughs> I'm like, like oh yeah right here so in the contract you can put on the event you know that just says respect right so in the contract, you want to start in the contract. And then each agency has to decide what does a relationship mean to them. So for us, a relationship means you don't keep us at arm's length. If you keep us at arm's length, we cannot help you because often in our work, we're trying to get you out of the newspaper, out of the news. But if we're after the fact, I mean, it's really hard, right? <laughs> you lie to us. You're out. We put that in the contract. Um, you know, one of the things that that um, if you, uh, you know, we negotiate the pricing, all those kinds of, into the contract because the contract, you know, sets your the contract says how you want to behave together, and then you decide what's important to you in your contract on what is respect to not be a vendor. Um, it is true that there are other agencies. There's tons of other agencies. But it's also true that we are a perfect agency for many companies. Mm. And by working with us, you will do a better job. Our job is to make you better. And I can prove it 9,000 times that we've made our clients better. Mm. Our job is to help you achieve your business goals through communication. I can show 10,000 times how we help. You know, I can do all that stuff, right? Because we've yeah. been here long enough. But yeah. if you understand your own value in the chain, if you don't understand your value in the chain, if someone just said, Lee, I just want you to admit, I want Double Fortune to do, um, call some media for us. I'm like, we don't do that. I mean, we do do that, but that's not what we do, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, what's the business goal? What's the horizon? What's going on? And then how do we get from here to there? Mm -hmm. Through communication. 
And that is all the pieces, right? It is media relations. It's social media. It's um, your own content. It's thought leadership. It's sales communication, whatever the heck it is. But if you're not going to tell us your goal, you just want us to, you know, sit and spin, we're not, you know, that's not us. So understanding your value is the first piece. Understanding the what you offer and what you deliver is the second piece. Right. Necessarily, in here, you know, I live in Wisconsin. We call it sausage making. You, no one cares about sausage making. They care about the sausage. So what are we going to sausage making? Oh, <laughs> it is ugly. But because all of our work, our work is ugly, man. It's just like, oh, there's so much work. Oh, see it. But then you have a result, right? No one wants to know about the sausage making. People just want to buy results. But they want to, if you're buying results in a relationship, the behavior is what matters in terms of are you not a vendor? Are you a partner or a vendor? Right. And I've been in this business for a long time. And uh, vendors, what happens to vendors is they go, they get um, priced down. Right. They get squeezed, continually squeezed. Mm-hmm. And then your business suffers because you, your model is shot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm with you there. And, and yeah, it's just, it's uh, certainly the case. I, 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 I can attest to that. The idea that you want to, our business is a, SEO is very technical and mm-hmm. nobody needs to know. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> All of it. Right? I mean, like one day this is a next day that's I mean, same thing over on our side i mean it changes every day well in my day what we used to do i'm like yeah that doesn't work anymore <laughs> well this can bring us into to the next segment quite quite nicely so what is it that you think so there's a couple of things one is um where do you think pr maybe we start off with this where do you mm-hmm. think pr is uh headed what's like what is it that, that's, that's working now and and people who yeah, let's just start yeah. with that question. I think let's talk about what's happened in the last um, 10 years. So when I, well, that's, that's longer than 10 years. When I started my career, I didn't even know what PR was. That's a longer story. Um, but there was no chief communications officers in corporate America. And when I say no, I mean a few, right? If you had the title chief communications officer, you were either in the military or in the government. Mm-hmm. You were representing one of the military branches. You're the chief comms officer for the chief of staff of the Navy or, you know, a captain on a ship or whatever it was. Or you were in the government and you were chief communications officer for an elected official. Basically, that was the chief communications officer's role. I mean, those that today, if you search chief communications officer on LinkedIn in the United States, you're going to get over a million people. So, and then if you, you, and there's a lot of military and you know, sort out 20%. So now you're down to 800,000 people. Which yeah. means, you know, and now you'd like do great, do tight inflation, take it down another 20%. You're, okay, right. Half a million people. Half a million people who have ample experience, 20 years of experience to sit at the seat, to sit at the table, being a chief, right? Means you're mm-hmm. at that table reporting probably to the chief, uh, to the CEO, mm-hmm. if you're at that probably so the role of communications has totally transferred transformed really in the last 10 years and that's really about social media more than anything else social media really made that happen um and we used to you know when i 20 years ago i'd be like how do we get to the table how you know we want to see you know when you're an agency you get to the table faster than if you're in house right yeah how do we get to be 
how do I get to this chief table, you know, table before the decisions are made, right? Mm-hmm. I had that experience at Sega. I was always at the table. I was always reporting to the CEO, blah, blah, blah. So I knew the value of that, right? Um, but now chief communications officers are very, uh, it's a it's a standard, right? And mm-hmm. standard. So that's number one. So and, and so communication has become more important to the C-suite than ever before in my career. Right. So um, that's one thing. There's another piece. And so p- people think about PR firms as just talking to the media. That is so far from the truth, right? There are publicity firms that only talk to the media, but mm-hmm. the public in public relations is not the media. The public is <laughs> the people who consume or the, or the community, or the salespeople, or your employees. For today, frankly, half of our work is in employee communication. There's nothing more important than keeping your employees on board. Yeah. They're not enough people. In the world, they're not enough people who know what the heck we're doing, right? So um, anything you have to do to talk to somebody, to be in communication with somebody is what we do, is what the field does, right? Mm-hmm. So the broadening of public relations um, as a... Uh, communications it's really communication and how do you get to those people the media relations is a way to get to people right Mm -hmm. okay so that's changed and then three um you know i started my company before twitter uh and everything's changed right that's changed um whatever number i'm on three right so now people can talk to companies directly they don't need to go through the media right Uh, at the same time they and and trust in the in the media, depending on where you are in the world, is relatively low, depending on where it is. And we can talk about the transformation of media. Media has changed dramatically, right? Newsrooms are more than in half. So probably one third the size of where in uh, 20 years ago. And um, the whole media, you know, disintermediation are we going online, right? And then having cable and then having 9 million channels means there's lots of opportunity for placement, but not a lot of opportunity for um uh, consensus unless you are on a single channel meaning you're just talking to an echo chamber which meant some businesses can handle but most businesses can't grow that way right so um which has all led to this thing about communication being more important at the same time uh techno- just like technology made us more important technology with um generative ai has you know, can be disruptive for all of us. Um, and there are, I've definitely have had conversations. Well, we're just going to use um, ChatGPT to write our press releases, or we're just going to use ChatGPT to write our social posts. I'm like, good luck with it. I mean, yeah. I mean, so they have a fundamental misunderstanding of what we do for a living. If someone says that to us, they don't understand what we do. Yeah. And they really don't understand the technology because journalists so now if we talk about the media relations part of our business which is really important right people pay us for that that's really really important Mm. um journalists aren't going to take a press release they're going to put it through their ai finder the first thing they do yeah i mean it's really because they're not going to want to be using a press release yeah that is going to disintermediate them just look at the writer's strike in hollywood right that's the whole piece you know, kind of thing. So I think that the thing about, I remember when social media happened, we, I had people on my staff were like, I don't want to learn that. Lee. I'm like, you don't have a choice. The world has just shifted. 
doesn't work that way anymore. Half the media that you used to talk to don't have jobs. They're doing other things. They're freelancers, all whatever it is. You need to find a new way to get to the same result. And with ChatGPT, um, it's the same piece. Like we need to use it to our advantage. But if you take the human out, you're it's a yeah. So yeah. I think we're, we're everybody is struggling with what to do with it, but um, yeah. uh, ultimately, you have to learn how to use the tools that are that are valuable to your advantage, so that you're always providing more value than what they can get automatically, right? Some right. of the battle is people don't understand the difference between what they get automatically and what someone who knows what they're doing does. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and in the end, that'll be something that we have. To, it, we have started to put that in our contracts, how to use ChatGPT, how to use generative AI, um, so that they understand. But that's that 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 in my 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 view is going to play out all by itself. Like you know, the, the winners are going to be those who understand the difference between yeah. what AI produces on, on its own and what a human plus AI, a human who knows what they're doing plus AI right. produces. And if you don't get that uh, and you're going to go just with the AI because you think it's the same thing, then it's just going to play out in the marketplace, right? Yeah. The, the, the winners will be those who have better content. Uh, It'll just be, it's just, we just have to live through it, right? Yeah. You just have to live through it. Um, and, part of, and part of living through it, just like with social media, we're still educating clients about social media 20 years later. Like, why do I need to be on this? You have to be on this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have to be on Snapchat and TikTok and this and that. I'm like, no, no, no. Where are your people? And it's the same thing. Like, <laughs> just focus on LinkedIn and get a Facebook page too, because that helps, you know, whatever. So the same thing with yeah. educate people, which means we have to spend, a, we do spend a lot of time We've always spent a lot of time trying to understand what the tools are, what's changing in them, you know, what's going to make our work better, what's happening, because our clients comes to us for that. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, yeah. Oh, what the hell? I remember being in a meeting. Oh my gosh, it was so long ago, and my colleague said, "We think you should be on Snapchat and Twitter and that Snapchat." Well, you don't have Snapchat. Show me your Snapchat. Thank God, I had just put my Snapchat on. And my friend was on Snapchat, right? We have, I have, my phone is so full of freaking apps, Jatan. I mean, oh my God. But we have to be that far ahead because our clients, you know, if you have that relationship, they trust you, mm. then, you know, we want to give that information to them first. We don't want them to ask us for it, right? I'm so sure. we have a whole, you know, we have a newsletter, we have these POVs we send out, and we have to increase them because things are changing so fast. But that goes back to are you a vendor or are you in partnership? A partner, so our philosophy at Double Forte is we make decisions that are best for the client, even if it doesn't good for us. Mm -hmm. It even means less, and good for us would mean less money, basically, mm -hmm. that, like that, right? Even if it means less money for us, because we don't give that service, our job is to make them better. And if we don't do that, then we're going to lose the client eventually. So let's have a better, and then um, let's have a better relationship by saying, this is your goal. Here's what we think you should do, and we don't do that. So we're going to help you find a partner for this because we really think you should do it. We can manage it ourselves. You can manage it with you. I mean, whatever. But this piece we don't do. You got to do. Okay. So every time we've done that, so maybe the 
fee goes down a little bit while we find a partner, our right. fee always rebounds and goes up. Always. Because okay. what we have shown the client is they can trust us. Yeah. Right? So then give us more. Because in the end, agencies are below the line. Right? We're below the line on the P&L. Okay. Not to be cut any time. Right? And so that's the contract to fi figure out how, what is the below the line um, obligation from the client to the agency and how does the agency protect itself so it doesn't get lost, you know, the, you know, doesn't get killed if the client decides to exercise an exit, right? Right. We're below the line. Yeah. By definition, then, we're either, we're scalable. If you are the same all the time, that's a disaster. But you want to be ebbing and flowing, hopefully ebbing more than flowing or flowing more than ebbing, whatever it is. <laughs> you want to be ebbing and flowing in a way that shows your value below the line, but mm -hmm. it's above the line, you can capture more or you stick, right? Mm -hmm. you stick. Sometimes above the line, a new CMO comes in and they like mm -hmm. all of a sudden they want all new KPIs. I'm like, well, our contract was on these KPIs. Let's figure out new KPIs. And you might dip for a bit. But if you keep a client through a CMO change, right? you win. Yes. You win because it's too much. It's too hard to get dislodge somebody who's a partner. It is really easy to dislodge somebody who's a vendor. Who's a vendor. Wow. That... CMOs, right? CMOs, yeah. shortest job in in marketing right now. The shortest job. The average in the United States. I don't know about the world. In the average United States, CMO keeps a job for 18 months. Shortest job. Our client engagement, seven and a half years. Wow. Right? So we, you know, our job is to make it through CMO changes. That's our job as an agent. Yeah. That's 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 your yeah. That's 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 that's, that's the success. Do we are we do they replace us when they get somebody new? Um, and it doesn't happen very often. That's fascinating. I I got a lot more out of this conversation that I came. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I'm just talking. What else do you want to say? <laughs> I'm from there. You want to say? You know what? I, I have so many other questions. I think this is a really good, like, solid block of information about how yeah. how do you uh, act as a partner, show yourself as a partner more than a vendor? How do you, and with that, how do you create a relationship of respect from the beginning mm -hmm. and and therefore prevent ghosting, which was which was the title we started with, but one ended up with so much more, yeah. But I think this is like a really solid, complete block of information that I'd like to put out there for our audience. And and then, if you're happy, we can record another podcast. I'm happy to, um, happy to come. Yeah, because there's so many other things that I'd, I'd like to talk to you about. Absolutely. Happy to do it. Agencies. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm like, and she keeps talking. How come he doesn't stop? <laughs> For your listeners, you need to know that Chitan like raised his hand a couple of times in the on the good <laughs> like, Oh gosh, I'm talking too long. It's the manners, it's the politeness. <laughs> I have to just, just Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> Rather than talking over. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in that case, I think we'll I'll say thank you. And I very much look forward to talking to you again. Yeah, uh, do it again. Uh, Okay. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Really?